Welcome to Auntie Talks podcast. In this podcast, we talk about mental well-being at work with HR and mental well-being professionals. My name is Mervi Lamminen. I'm the CEO and the founder of Auntie. And my name is Johanna Varje, head of growth at Auntie. Hello everyone, I'm Johanna Varje. This is Auntie Talks and we are here to talk about mental well-being of employees. As my guest here today, I have Tina Hahtavirta, HR Director at Musician. Hi Tina and welcome to Auntie Talks. Hi, it's lovely to be here. Great to have you here. Can we start off by, uh, if you introduce yourself a little bit and share what musician's story is, where you are at the moment and how you have grown to become the leading music app? All right, then. Uh, my story with Yusisan started a year ago. So I had been coming an HR director there and now I have a team of eight doing the great HR uh, with Yusisan. We call ourselves backstage team. But then the musicians, so we are the world leading music learning platform. Uh, you can play ukulele, piano, guitar, bass and sing with us. We have about 20 million users and employees. We employ 130 employees in two locations. So we have a New York studio and, and Helsinki one. Uh, Yes, you can come and unleash your inner musician with us. It's very fun. It's cost-worthy and it's affordable way to learn really to play and, and learn music. So go and check out yoursystem.com. Little commerce here. <laughs> of course. My son has actually also learned to play guitar with the help of musician. So I, I'm actually a little bit familiar with it and I think it is a great platform. So next you go singing, Johanna, then? Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're going to talk about leading well-being remotely. Of course, uh, many of us are are remote at the moment due to the circumstances. But I mean, you have locations in in New York and in Finland, and you have employees all all around the world. Did you work remotely before the pandemic and before we were forced to do so? So to my knowledge, so I started in the middle of the pandemic. We did not. So we were very office centric uh, in these two locations. We do have 28 different nationalities. So when the COVID hit and we went fully remote, quite many of our employees left their home countries to do work remotely. So at the moment, I would say we do work very remotely all around the world. Uh, We did a lot of office-centric work and of course, because music is in the center of our ways of working. So the jamming together in the breaks and etc. that was very in the, our DNA. So everything changed overnight. We went fully remote and we had to change everything kind of in the ways we work. And we took a closer look of our everyday work. So starting from the home setups and the equipment, how we can really safely work together and still accomplish our ambition mission. Uh, and yeah, so a lot of attention were paid also the work practicalities. For example, for our backstage team, as we recruit all the time new employees, we had to make the practicalities to onboard on, online everybody safely, but surely uh, to our company and, and to our team. So a lot of like practical changes were made. 
Then the second thing I want to mention here was the leadership. So we really want to uh, be executing excellent leadership. We did a lot of trainings to our team leads to lead their teams remotely. There we also cooperated with externals and auntie as well to get the full support for them to understand also how the employees really are doing and how we can support every unique employee the way they want to be supported even during the remote times. So team activities were changed, team meetings were changed, even our company weekly was changed. So the agenda there changed. Uh, We wanted everybody to be on board, what's really going on like generic in our company, but also certain knowledge was happening in other teams since kind of this community meeting at the coffee machine was not happening regularly so we made the company weekly meetings to be that forum where you can share information about that and also to share information about the pandemic and rules and how we could do maybe jammings together for example so that were the like first practices we did That sounds really great. And it sounds like you had a really holistic approach to the whole thing and and both trained your leadership, but also also sort of considered how the individual feels and, and how you onboard people. What would you say was the biggest challenge with this transition to being completely remote? I would say it probably was a change in everyday's life for the individuals. So everything changed in their lives in general. Like, you know, your free time changed, your work time changed. So it's a huge change. So kind of how resilient you are towards a change was one factor that really showed up. And as we are a global company and we relocate a lot of people from other countries who work here in Helsinki, so we might have a newbies who join us just, you know, before the pandemic who are now put alone to work from their home in a very small apartments, maybe without even the desk, etc. So I think everything changed so dramatically that how can you cope with that change? I think that was the number one thing. And, and a key element there, I think, where our team leads, how can they have the one-to-one discussions around like, How are you able to do your work, but how are you able to cope with all this change and how are you actually really feeling and what can we do to support you? So our backstage team, so our HR team, we're of course supporting the team leads, but I would put the team leads actions and how they did their leadership in the very centric of this, this issue. So I think they're the key element there. Yeah, definitely agree. And and I think that transition and the feeling of isolation is something that we can all relate to if we've worked remotely. How would you say as as a team lead or a manager, uh, when you're talking to your, your team members and when they're remote, you might not see those small signs as easily when as when you're physically present. What are some of the signs that as a team lead you could maybe pick up on if if you're concerned that you know your team member might not be doing so well or they might need some extra support? How do you notice those signs? So that's a tricky one, of course, because everyone is unique. Uh, we have done, of course, trainings for our team leads to be like seeing these early signs even and being better on that. But I think it comes to uh, that you have to know your team members. So then you might experience like there's a change in behavior. There's a change in the way, you know, the very obvious sign is like, do you have your cameras on in the meetings? Can you really see the facial expressions? And when you have the kind of one-to-one chats, like what are the things that come up? And if it's hard to get some answers from the people, has that been always the case or has it changed now rapidly? 
rapidly. So I would put a time, extra time on those one-to-ones to discuss other topics than just work-related ones too. So I think those are the key elements, knowing your members in, in your team and, and getting really kind of under their skin, like how they're doing other than just their work tasks. Yeah, that is super important. And and now now that we're meeting online with everyone, it's always sort of pre-planned and, and you don't run into your colleagues in the hallways anymore to, to talk about other things that work. Have you done anything at Musician to sort of uh, create those moments when you have time to talk about other things than work? And how do you fit that into the schedule when when we already have so many meetings? Yes. Yeah, so the first thing, of course, was to look at the meetings, like how many do we then really need to have be very efficient with the meetings. So a lot of like pre-reading and really close look at that attendees list and then limiting the minutes of the meeting. So making that time of work efficient and not to be on the meetings that are not needed. So first of all, taking a look, what are the meetings that we really need and want to have in the future and now during the time of remote. So I think that's one key thing there I want to mention. But but also I think in, in just general so if you had half an hour meetings with your team members before the time of remote maybe now it's good to book on calendar meeting for 45 minutes or the maximum of 50 minutes and actually start the meeting with the topics that are not job related so ask how you're really doing i think that's one key element and even some of our teams have booked a second team meeting during the week to just have not work related topics presented there so i think those two things are already making a very big impact we do have this donut lunch thing as well to really come up people to meet one another across teams so we have a system in slack that offers you to go for a donut lunch and that can be done also remotely or have a donut coffee with someone you haven't probably met before so for example me i have kind of met i think 30 employees face to face rest of them i only know from shoulders upwards so i'm very much looking forward to meeting them face to face but these donut meetings have been great so you have a lunch online or now outdoors when you can have it even during the pandemic season still Okay, that sounds great. Do they do they actually have a donut for lunch in these meetings? <laughs> Haven't heard of that, but the name is Donut. Maybe donut with a coffee is something that happens. <laughs> okay. Leading well-being and, and noticing these signs with, with your team members is one thing, but what about the leaders themselves? Uh, during the pandemic, we've heard that uh, it's been it's caused a lot of strain for team leads and, and managers themselves to sort of figure all these things out. And their own well-being is also something to be considered. How do you see the subject and how do your your team leads take care of their own well-being? Yeah, I think everybody needs to take care of themselves first before, you know, being helpful then towards the others. So we have paid a lot of attention from the backstage team. So our HR team to support really the team leads with their self-leadership as well and paying attention to their own well-being. So having these external, for example, on the as a service to help them to lead remote. I think that has been one key there and giving them the tools and equipment to be able to perform excellent leadership from our backstage team so supporting them with the trainings and sparring sessions and and offering that self self-help kind of and i think our team leads they do care about their employees and and then they might forget themselves as well when they care so much that they want everybody in their team to feel well but and then it's our responsibility to support them as as good as one so top down and the other way around as well to everybody to care for their peer i think that's a key element there too but like 
trainings, training them to have the full tools and equipment to do excellent leadership and also the self-leadership and then having an external services to support that. I think that has been really important. Yeah, that's great to hear. What about when when team leads or managers notice these signs and, and they get worried about someone in their team that they might not be doing so well or they might need some extra support? What can they do at that point? So usually what has happened uh, during my time with the assistants, so they do contact with very low threshold uh, HR team, me particularly, and we come up together, like what are the solutions there? And and if the help is really needed, we have an early support model that we can use and have this discussion around the model and really then, of course, involve the healthcare provider if needed, if it's a health-related issue with the low threshold. So we have uh, services, external and internal, that we can have in in this discussion but usually if somebody points out an early sign of uh, mental well-being problem then there's a deeper discussion with an uh, HR member involved and we try to understand more and and we have a very strong community so usually the team gets tips from the peers as well and like there might be questions that should you talk with this person about this topic that something has come up or then the tip comes to our backstage hr team and they tell us like you have you been talking with this person i really think that everything is not okay maybe you should have a chat so it's a group effort it's caring for your your team member in general in the whole company level so you we, we do care we are team players and having the discussions then around, even if the topic is hard. I think that's the key. Yeah, it sounds like you have a very open culture where people are comfortable to share these things with their team members and others in the company. How would you describe, like, how does culture in the company affect the well-being of people or what's the role of culture and well-being of employees? I think as you described there, so we do not have taboos around the well-being and mental well-being uh, things or emotions or feelings. We do talk openly about them in the peer-to-peer and with the managers and even the top managers. So we're quite open in this topic. So I think that way the culture plays very big role because I have heard other companies that they do not mention things and people are really scared to mention if they're not feeling well or if they go to a therapy, etc. So that's a really a taboo. And even being thought that I might get, you know, fired because I do need mental support from the healthcare providers, for example. So in our environment, our culture is very open. And, and I think the openness brings that people can more freely talk about these issues. And that's a that's a very big element and, and it has an impact really for people's recovery. And also, how do we cope with the time being? Yeah, that sounds sounds like a really good environment and like it must be psychologically safe for your employees to talk about all these things that some might think that are difficult to talk about. Uh, I think we're running out of time soon, but I wanted to ask you, you mentioned in the beginning that you do these jamming sessions. Can you explain what those are? And is it something that others could also implement in their in their culture or these sort of team events, even if they don't work around music? Yeah, so please, everybody, go and unleash your inner musician. You can start with having an ukulele, for example, and log into the musician app. Uh, but we now are a company, so we have a stage in our Helsinki office where are all kind of instruments. And usually the jamming starts so that somebody goes and gets a cup of coffee, picks up a guitar or piano and starts playing. And all along, people join that. So that's kind of the jamming, how it starts. And then others join as well when they hear great music. And we all know kind of the health benefits of music. So it has been scientifically 
that music has well-being and impact as well. So I think this is a very good break among, you know, our employees when they have it. So pick up an instrument, start playing or singing and jam along. And then on Fridays as well, we do the jammings as well. And some people organize in their free times too. And they can invite friends or alumni of UCS and to join along. So I think the jamming is like in general, like something that you have to come free willing and you want to participate to be part of the band at the moment when there are jamming. That sounds amazing. I would definitely like to try that. Thank you so much for being here, Athena. It was wonderful to hear more about musician and how you work with well-being. And thank you to all of you listeners. Thank you. It was lovely to be here. We want to meet you in our office in Helsinki jamming one day soon. I hope to be there soon. <laughs> <laughs>